Hey everybody, it's Ian King, athlete advocate, coach, educator, and founder of King Sports International. Today we're going to chat with Matik from Slovenia. Now, Matik, uh, I'm very conscious of uh, the pronunciation, so I clarified the first uh, name with you before, but obviously your surname. I need to clarify that as well. Oh, Belcher. Belcher. So, like, uh, sounded like an L in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll keep it simple, and we'll refer to Matik. So, Matik is in Slovenia. Have I pronounced that correctly, Matej? Yes. And we're very proud of Matej getting involved with the KSO program out of Slovenia. And I have not been to your country, uh, obviously, uh, in time. Hopefully that will happen. But at this stage, I rely on you telling me about your country and about the industry in your country, which uh, you know, I've, I've watched the industry expand um, since my formal introduction in, in 1980. Uh, and it's really expanded. Like people would, would, would not believe me if I told them um, you know, back in, uh, say, the mid-90s, uh, there was nobody other than myself making an income, full-time income from physical preparation in, in Australia. And when I went to the the UK in the mid-90s, um, even the so-called uh, you know, professional, semi-professional sporting teams had no training facilities of their own. They, in fact, very few of them ever did any, what the Americans call strength addition, which obviously, you know, I don't buy into, but um, it was a really a non-existent industry. Uh, up till about the 1990s. And I suspect that if we look at the trajectory into Slovenia, if, and, and you'd be too young to know what I'm talking about, but um, you know, you could probably identify a year where things started to change and, 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 and the industry grew. So what year did you get involved in physical preparation, Mati? You mean um, professionally as a coach? Yes, professionally, yes, professionally as a coach. Uh, so that would be 2013, 2014. Right, right. And so at that stage, what was the shape of the industry in your country and has it changed much since? Yeah, so uh, I live more in a rural rural area. God bless you. And hmm? Sorry? God bless you. you get I, I, we, yeah, yeah, we love yeah. the rural area, yes. So um, there wasn't, wasn't much of that here yet. Uh, generally speaking, the trends come later to to us. There is, for example, no such prejudice against stretching. Uh, I noticed it recently a little bit, but not in the area where I work and live. So I guess that can be a good thing. Um, when I started working, um, the functional training was, quote unquote, was popular, um, and there were less facilities uh, than now. Now, um, as a form of recreation, it's it's getting more popular now than it was. Um, yeah, excellent. Uh, well, appreciate that that insight. And so, you 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 may be uh, you know ten. 10, 15 years behind, say, um, maybe even twenty years behind. Uh, the uh, the American um, influences, but they do come. I'm assuming it sounds like they come because there isn't many parts of the world now that don't want to be American, and that's to the Americans' credit. But it's also potentially, if the trend is not optimal, then it's to the to the um, to the risk of the country that's embracing it. And uh, as I said, when when I was in the UK in the mid '90s, there was no training. Um, nobody did did anything and you know they wouldn't even know what the word strength and conditioning was um and, and i'm not just pointing out one country alone they're just saying how small the industry was um but it's inevitable that countries will see that the trends come through so what what was the catalyst what, why did you get started in in uh, professionally in physical preparation well i um i was uh, involved in sports um, from younger years, uh, I decided to study um, at the University of Sport because of this, and uh, it was on the only way to go. I could um, um, apply to be a physical education teacher, but didn't want to uh, teach in schools. Uh, it felt too too rigid for me, so. Um, it, it was basically the only choice. Yes, yes. So it sounds um, 
sounds very similar to my uh, choices back in the early in the early eighties in terms of the you know, majority of people went into teaching, but that didn't really do it for me. Um, so. How how does Slovenia embrace physical preparation? And I ask that because it's ironic for me. The, the the Europeans in some countries had a had a longer history of physical trainings than even say the Americans. Um, there were, there was you know schools of sport for children in in some European countries uh, back in the in, in the sixties nineteen sixties where talent identified kids were put into, into special sports schools. So for me the the training mythology was far more advanced in some parts of Europe than it was in America back in the 50s and 60s and even into the 70s. But now, for some reason, the American thinking has in, has overtaken the world, despite the fact that um, I don't believe they were, were necessarily uh, the leaders uh, 50 years ago. And I'm not sure whether we should be following their lead even now. But does Slovenia have a big history of physical preparation? Well... <clears throat> I, I'm not that familiar with history. Um, there's a tradition in um, gymnastics and athletics. Uh, so I think through that um, lens, they approached physical preparation also. Um, I'm not that sure about specifically physical preparation. Uh, when I was growing up, I missed um, more strength training. There was... Uh, little emphasis on strength training for example um and more on endurance at least what i was exposed to um school um, yeah and that's, that's that experience is always very indicative of cultural influences and the gymnastics track and field influence is quite common back in what i call uh, the more innocent days of physical preparation for example um i was in a facility in in Innsbruck that was put together for the 72 Olympics and it still had the equipment for the most part that were back uh, and I, that you know this was post 2000 uh, but it was still had the equipment and I could see the gymnastics equipment still in that facility the rings and the and, and the horse and the bars up the wall um, so that is quite common um, what about athletes are there any high profile athletes from your country that you could talk about their training yeah, there are high-profile athletes, but I I can't I'm not familiar with um, the the training regimen, so I can't can't comment much on on that. Yeah, for um, example, um, uh, Novak Djokovic, uh, obviously not from your country, but I, I'm very impressed with Novak Djokovic's early, early training, um, and it was a reflection of the values in part of his country, I think, as well as his coach, uh, and that that sheltered him from the um, the American influence strength bias. And I think uh, that is in part uh, why he's um, had a career that he's had. In, in fact, it was, it was very much about uh, flexibility and, and that they're, they're the sort of values that I saw out of Europe when I was starting to explore uh, the literature back in the early eighties, I was uh, very impressed with what I found. Um, not so much like, it, 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 and I'm not talking exclusively about the Russians because the Americans love to talk about the Russians because of that, you know, Hollywood, America versus Russia, the Cold War, you know, all this sort of, um, you know, for me, it's a little bit of, it's a little bit too much Hollywood. Um, I don't think the Russians ha were the leaders, although they did it, did it in, in a big way and they were very serious about it. I think there are other countries um, and I don't want to, you know, put too much, um, uh, emphasis on uh, geopolitical biases, but obviously these Germans uh, had a, a very good system. And I'm not suggesting that we need to have their political system to have that, but um, there's a lot, I believe, in Europe that we should be respecting. Uh, in fact, one of my biggest influences was um, um, Tudor Bomber's book and um, come out of Hungary. And the, the Hungarians um, have a very proud history and uh, say Olympians, I think there's a, there's talk that they have the highest per capita success rate, or at least pre two thousand in, in the Olympics. So they have a very very successful um, approach to training, or they did. So uh, we we tend to forget that and um, Americanize everything. But anyway, I digress. So when you first got started in physical preparation, wh what did you first do for work? Now, you've done a, you've done a university course. I'll go back. When you did the university course, do you think that prepared you well for your for working in the industry? No. 
Yeah. Um, the, uh, and we were somewhat aware of that. The, the students were also complaining about it. Um, but um, I mean, I was searching for some answers in books. Um, I leaned more into reading scientific books. I thought, oh, the scientists know probably. It turned out that wasn't the case. Um, anyway, when I finished university, I got an internship uh, in a fitness center where nearby where I live and uh, and started working there. So that, that concern around the, the curriculum at the university is very common uh, in, in, in my time. That was a long time ago, obviously. Uh, as an undergraduate, the only difference was that there was no physical preparation industry and therefore the, the lack of relevant education was not um, uh, not a concern for the uh, students because they had no expectation of, of getting employed in physical preparation because there literally was no jobs and there was no job description when I first started out. Um, I started university before the term strength edition was coined as a, as a job description. So the gap between university education, I, I, I wonder if it's still there uh, in all countries. And I know there's been a lot of uh, advancement, but I'm still not convinced that um, our curriculums for our for our undergraduates are as relevant as they could be, but I understand the the, the, the academic bias and the restrictions on content, you know, the peer selection of uh, even educational books. Um, you know, there's there's a lot going on there that we don't need to open up on, on this call, but um, I was interested to hear your conclusion. So when you started, it was a general fitness training facility, general population? Yeah. Yeah, mostly general population. Yeah, and how many how many uh, years into your um, so you've been in the industry about ten years? How many years in the industry did you feel that there was something that more that you needed to know, or was that apparent to you very early? Well, it was it was apparent very early, but then I forgot about it because, oh, in a sense, because I I was looking for answers and nobody seem to know them and then I just thought okay nobody knows I guess you just just keep going <laughs> so yeah so what are, what are some of the main limitations that you felt that you may be implementing through industry influences or your educational influences that in hindsight now that you realize that were very limiting what were some of one of you know some of the things that really stood out to you well, um, I had trouble with my own training. That was the biggest, I mean, that's why I was searching for um, answers. Uh, it was, I was stuck in my, my own strength training uh, and I couldn't, nobody could um, help me and give me the answers. I, I talked to professors at university. I talked to coaches. I talked to um, the people I met and nobody seemed to know the books didn't seem to know so I just concluded nobody knows <laughs> um, for the, uh, specifically this was um, I had trouble with my shoulder uh, I couldn't improve in some upper body movement uh, but I had no pain so I didn't I mean you know, <laughs> I was training I was yes. trying different strength training methods all the strength training methods I could find and there was no no improvement. Um, also, you know, some the muscles didn't seem to work properly when doing certain movements. So, for example, when I first started, tried the bench press, my shoulders hurt and I only felt my biceps working. So <laughs> this was not a common experience. Um, like for um, chin-ups, I uh, only felt my triceps working and this was then evident um, from the muscle mass allocation uh, also uh, but there was no pain so I was just stuck yes and this is this is common for most of us I think we thought we, we had a we had a challenge well that's certainly how I developed 
my uh, approaches to training. We, we, we have a challenge either personally in our, in our personal training or a challenge with an athlete, and we, we realize that the solutions just aren't there. No one knows. And, you know, the old, the old um, fall back in the industry, well, you just get stronger. You know, obviously, the muscle must be weak, therefore, just get stronger, you know. I got told that in, you know, after I had a motor vehicle accident in the early eighties and I lost my cruise ship and, and, and they didn't know that for sure, but uh, they said, well, I'll just go out to get stronger. And, you know, I, I was um, yeah, innocent enough to believe them and, and, and getting stronger caused more, more joint damage and it didn't solve the problem. It didn't provide the stability. So I think we've all um, had that experience. Well, if we've had that experience, we know the limitations of the information around us. So I guess it's good um, if you are driven by that, even though it's a limitation, you're driven by that to go and find the answers. And then um, you can share those answers with other people. So do you have, have you found more answers than you had before? Well, yes, since uh, I got, um, I started doing the KSI education. Yeah. Things improved uh, a lot. Um, so what year did you, did you get exposed to that? And, and what, um, how did you find KSI? Because obviously, we, although we've been around, um, you know, we're the longest operating athlete preparation company and uh, coach education company in the world, um, in the Western world at least. But uh, you know, the reality is that we get pretty smashed in the marketing front because we don't try too hard. Um, uh, well, we don't engage in the bullshit that you know the lying and the and the embellishment that goes on, and often you know people. So how did you find us? Because uh, I'm very happy you did, but I'm intrigued. I saw your your name uh, mentioned uh, two times, so it was uh, the first time was uh, I don't know someone was doing a training method and it said by Ian King, and the second time was uh, someone mentioned the speed of move movement concept and your name was again there. So when I saw your name the second time, I thought maybe I should uh, take a look. And so what was your first exposure? Was it through an artifact, like a, a video or a book, or did you jump straight into our courses? I did the level zero um, course. Ah, you jumped straight into the courses. I'm very proud of you. I, I got I to take the moment to share with this. I can't believe how many people will buy you know, as a professional, we'll buy some of our, our introductory education material, but not commence the level zero course. So it's just mind blowing to me because um, I believe we've developed a, co a coach education program in, uh, that has no peer in the world. And, and why I say that is I started in coach education in the early 80s. I was asked to, uh, to write the first strength training certification for the fitness industry in Australia and it delivered throughout the state of Queensland. Um, by the late 80s, um, I was asked to, to write the curriculum for the then the National Strength and Conditioning Association of Australasia, uh, and I ran that for the next decade. And then by the late 90s, I said, I, I, I really can't do this anymore. I, 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 my hands are a little bit tied. I'm, I'm not saying what I believe. And so I started my own coach education, in, and we released our first course in 1999. So we've been doing our own coach education continuously for 25 years, and we're just getting uh, more expensive in our offering. But for some reason, uh, people, uh, physical preparation coaches like yourself, don't get into the courses. Uh, it, it's hard to understand. So why did you buy the level one course when other people have just said, bought this video or that book? You mean the, the level one? Sorry, level zero. Why did you get involved in the level zero? Like I'm trying to understand the difference between you and many others who will just buy a video or a DVD and then that's it. Whereas you've gone straight into the course, which I love. So why did you go into level zero first? Wasn't that expensive? And uh, mm -hmm. that's correct. I, uh, yeah. Um, I well, if you want to, I can share my impressions uh, of the when I first. Um, yeah, saw the yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. You, you, you can say anything you want. You can, you can tell me I'm full of shit, or you can, you can say it was really good. Like, I, I have no concerns about um, uh, the word. So you go for it. Well. When you say it like that, uh, the, one of the first things I saw was a video um, you were talking about people stealing your stuff and, you know, low values, uh, moral, ethical values. Uh, so that was, um, I didn't know what to think about it. I didn't know any of your work or your situation. So I was maybe uh, a bit put off by that. Um, but then... Um, 
uh, the way the the products were um, organized and priced you had uh, resources dvds or books for each of the physical qualities uh, i was looking for something like that uh, like uh, how to train flexibility or how to train speed uh, it was the speed training was mystified i couldn't find anything that seemed um, credible uh, i couldn't find anything about flexibility anywhere i was searching for it um, so that was interesting also uh, it was not available so you had to do some there were prerequisites for some of the material so uh, you didn't seem to be um, greedy <laughs> available for everyone so you had have to know something to earn it uh, that was i liked that and um, i saw a podcast with other coaches and it was really interesting to me because the usual procedure is um, the guru speaks and everyone nods the students nod and here the coaches were talking and sharing their experience so and you are not um, um, criticizing them or saying this is wrong or stuff like that um, and also there was uh, <laughs> A video of you were saying you don't need to read every research paper to be you know a, a coach so <laughs> i like that and um oh well those are the things i remember so that's I great feedback that, yeah let's just try and i tried the, the course no, i appreciate that and, and level level zero quite often when people do that they say well i knew all that stuff anyway and then they move on uh, which is their, their prerogative but I don't know if it's as simple as that. So to say I know and, and, and to not do is, is you know, the old saying is to not know. So did you feel when you did the level O course that it was too basic and therefore, you know, you knew everything in it already or was there a temptation to come to that conclusion? No, I, um, well, I missed the training information because I was, I was in a, like a bad spot before I found KSI, I was, um, not happy about my own progress in training and the progress of my clients. Um, I was questioning if it had any sense to continue. Anyway, <laughs> depressing mood. Um, no, th th these are all common feelings. I, I can tell you, I I've been around the industry for, you know, I'm in my fifth decade, and I can tell you, these are very common. I feel very sorry for the entrance into the industry when they, if they do have the integrity to realize, am I serving my clients? in the best way possible and like you're giving them the you know, highest and best services so i like what you're saying keep going uh well, i got lost um so um yeah so we we're talking about the level zero and my apologies for interrupting we were talking about the level zero um and 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 did you feel it was uh, i think you said then you, you you were missing the training component and and I think in our level zero, we, we send the message of our holism. So it's not just about sets and reps. And, and can that can be maybe off-putting to some, I don't know. Uh, no, it was just like a temporary situation for me because I had all these clients and I couldn't, I didn't know what to do with them. So training information, I needed training information for, for that. But I really appreciated the, the holistic approach and other information because I was asking these questions um, myself and i got answers there um so uh, stuff like um, how to charge how much to charge how to uh, sell your services uh, that was really um really good it, it helped me a lot yeah it's great so it's, to hear yeah and, and i understand the different stages of our careers we're all looking for different things and and the level zero is meant to be um, reflective of how we do uh, teach but when you come back to level one we go back and say okay we know this is how the average person in the industry thinks so here here's the stuff you're really looking for uh, and we we, we we go back to doing it what the way people think is what they want and then as the levels go on we go back to doing it the way we think you need but uh, did, did you notice the difference between level zero and one a difference yeah of course um so in the in the level one maybe i missed the the holistic uh, uh, context yes. more 
<laughs> yeah, good, 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 good. Yeah, and apologise for that. But just you know, it's it, it's really level one was designed as okay. We know this is what you you think you want. So here, here it is. You know, this, here's some original information that will help you clarify whatever has been put in your mind. Mm -hmm. And and the difference I find is that if someone's uh, cup has been filled, so if someone's been taught dogmatically, um, then they struggle to let that go. It's possible that you were not, uh, you didn't suffer from that. You were willing to let go of what you've been taught. Um, so what, why, why is that? I'm assuming that's the case. But why is it, why are you willing to let go of what you've been taught when others struggle? Uh, for example, there are certain um, coaches who are very dogmatic in their teachings. Who, if they have a student, they they are very unlikely to deviate from that dogmatic teaching. So why have you been so willing to empty your cup? Well, for me, it's not difficult because the old way wasn't working. Hmm. It was a source of lots of frustration for me. So when I tried the KSI teachings and I saw improvements, it was, um, I mean, it just went for it. And one thing you don't have possible is that in your country at the moment, it's not, you're not um, experiencing the, the current uh, US influences and therefore you might have less pushback. For example, if I say stretching is the most important physical call, flexibility is the most important physical quality, you should spend more time stretching than any other training. The average post 2000 entrant who's, who's drunk the Kool-Aid out of the American system would say, Ian, that's, that's fucking impossible. Um, you know, you'd get weak. My God, we can't have that or whatever bullshit that's been used to discourage people from stretching, and it would be a problem for them. Their colleagues would criticise them. Um, you know, their gymnasium, if they're working for someone else, would say you can't do that. Um, it's possible that you don't have those. Um, like, do you have people come up and tell you when you when you're stretching? Oh, you can't do that. It's bad for you because that's what people have around the world. You know, it's 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 a very unfortunate. So I think that's a bit of your benefit in that you're you, you're allowed to. You're able to um, develop your new approaches without a lot of pushback. Is that a fair comment? Yeah, it's true. Um, there, there's no um, criticizing if someone's stretching. It's not, yeah. not that bad. Yeah. It, the, the, it, it, it's hard to understand, I think, if, unless you've lived it. But I, I've lived it where, you know, back in the – when I started um, – Training uh, in high school sport in the seventies, we we did stretching and it was just normal. You know, that was high school, um, and stretching wasn't pushed back on until the mid nineties. Uh, but post two thousand, it was an endemic. You just couldn't do it. So it's been a really unfortunate observation of of, of the world's training trends, and, and obviously I'm I'm getting burned at the stake by everybody who's listening to this and saying, Ian, you you can't even talk about it favorably about stretching. It's so bad. Um, but there's a reason. There's reasons why the world has gone in this direction, and those reasons may become more apparent over time. Uh, I will speak more about them over time. But the bottom line is, I'm glad that you um, have more freedom, shall we say? I mean, everybody's free to make their own choices. I just understand that for some, it's tougher because you're getting more pushback. So you move from level one, where you you realise that you know this is good. I'm getting more training content, but less holism. And then you went into level two. What was the difference as you noticed then? Well, then there was both there was training information and the holistic approach, um, other areas of education also. Mm. Yeah, excellent. And that, that will only become more apparent as you move forward, because I know you're eyeing off uh, your next move. So you'll see that um, grow and grow and grow and uh, the depth and the width of the content and the continuity, the seamless continuity. So everything I teach will flow onto it something else everything we do should should improve another aspect not detract from it um for example the the teaching of strength training um throughout the world now detracts from athleticism um and uh, there's just so many things that don't transfer because they're actually well they never they never had a chance of transferring which is a real problem um, but that's another story okay so uh, obviously you've still got challenges um you know moving forwards and questions and um, what are some of the big questions you're looking for answers for at this point of your career. So now that change every year, I encourage coaches to get really clear. This is what I really want to learn this year. And then next year it could be something different. So moving into 2024, 
um, what are some of the focuses for you? Well, I have um, lots of training questions, but mm -hmm. I think the areas I'll need to focus on are um, the business and the financial side of things because I haven't been exposed to them before KSI. So um, I feel like I'm a little behind in those areas. Excellent. Excellent. Well, at least you're seeking balance, which is great. And so um, balance in life is a continual challenge. We're always looking to improve something to maintain balance. And that's just the reality of life. And it's no different than our body uh, seeks balance, our, our lives seek balance. So um, it's it's not a frustration. It's, it's, a, it's a reality of being a human. So uh, I'm very happy to have, uh, finally have this chat. I've been watching you come through the levels and... Um, you know, we have uh, a small, uh, a small um, that I'm aware of, a small uh, number of students from Slovenia, and you're 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 it. Um, but at this stage, but there, there, there may be others, and, and I don't mean to, to disrespect them, but um, you're certainly the one that stood stood uh, up and caught my attention because you've been fairly consistent in your approach, and I understand that you're in a uh, in a country that's. Um, may have a language, you've got language challenge, you've got um, cultural differences between the, the, the content we might teach and you're also in a rural area, which also changes the demographics of your client base. So, you know, to your credit, um, and, and they're things that, that I'm very impressed with there, you know, I'm the first generation off the farm. So I, I have a lot of respect for people who live in rural areas. I love rural areas um, and I understand the challenges. Um, you know, my, when, my, when my grandfather wanted to, to go to boarding school and as, a, as a young boy they they took the horse and cart you know to, to to catch the steamship down the coast so um i'm very keen to support people in rural areas so i, I I'm, I'm very impressed that you're stepping up out of rural area and i'm not saying that you you should that, that you're restricted to that um, we'd like to think that you know the whole world is your uh, is your market but um i'm very impressed with what you're doing i've got a number of other coaches on the call uh some high level coaches and i mean in the case i system some, some we've got a good range actually uh, we've got um uh liam's just going to level five um the, the paula's just going to paula george is going to level six this year um david is uh, recently been accepted to level nine uh out of our 10 level system so it's close to graduating so if you have any questions of them or if they have any questions of you, now would be a really good time to, to, to put them out there. And you don't have to have a question, but um, it is a good opportunity to say to these coaches, you know, uh, you know what do you think? Because uh, as you know by now, I don't filter what people say. They're not going to say something to please me. And, and if they if they were, I would, I would take them aside and quietly say, listen, you don't need to talk like that. Just, you know, be yourself and speak your mind. Because we don't learn anything from anybody unless we get them to, to, to speak their truth. We don't understand people if they don't speak their truth. So we never want to shape what people say. We just want them to be honest. And we'll be honest with them, and then we'll all learn about each other better. So floor is open. Matik, any questions uh, for any of those coaches? Well, yeah, I have one. Um, I would like to know from the coaches um, if they have any um, advice um, on how to approach the education the KSI education from like an earlier stage from where I am moving forward? That is a great question. And let's take that in order of your level of qualification. So Liam, you're up first. That's a great question, Matisse. Um, I, I think what you were saying before with, you know, um, you're seeking balance and what you, what you feel you need to work on. Um, just follow your, follow your intuition and yeah, seek balance and what areas you feel you need to, uh, to work on and uh, that that's how i approach it and hope that uh, helps you yeah thanks liam i i think i encourage you to watch liam's career because he's you know similar age um you know similar stage in his in his career path i'd suspect uh a lot of similarities there and um also liam is a great student so he's, he's going places uh in a, when i say going places it's it's all relative to our own goals but I'm very impressed with what he's done and I'm very impressed with where he's going to go. So keep, keep an eye on Liam. Um, let's go to, to, to Paula. Paula, 
Great, great question, Matisse. Um, I would say be consistent and life can bring in lots of distractions. And I would uh, advise just keep your eye on the study, keep consistent and um, yeah, don't let the distractions take you away from what you want. Thanks, Paula. Yeah, Paula's got a great story because I'm going to share this story. I might be throwing her under the bus, but um, correct me if I'm wrong, but in about 1999, you bought a book for Jimmy on how to write strength training programs. Is that right, Paula? Well, I, I had the book uh, on my bookshelf. Um, Matisse, I was a great collector of books like you. You know, you, you were talking about looking at research papers and and I had a history of that, just searching for information that wasn't always relevant. And uh, I had Ian's book on my bookshelf for about 20 years. Um, and then my my partner my, and my business partner was seeking uh, answers in, in the same way that you have been. And uh, I said, well, you should look at this book. And that's when our journey and our experience of KSI began. Yeah. Well, I see a lot of similarities. Uh, you know, they, they're they all the KSI because they, they feel there's a better way and they look at branches and they haven't been able to find them. And we love that because until you realize there's a limitation, then you, you don't have a question. So the, the coaches that think they've got it all, God bless them, they have it all. Uh, if, if you think it is, it is. And we embrace uh, working with people who are looking for answers and realize that they haven't been able to find them because we, we solve problems that nobody else can because of our level of experience. Um, that's that's not something we 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 boast to the market at a at a, at a low level because uh, you know when you're entering at level zero you you just want to base your information but ultimately at the top end of sport we solve problems no one else can and that's the that's the best test I mean all my training methods were developed by testing them uh, in the real world of sport with high volume of athletes and highly challenging environments um, so you know I didn't come up with I didn't throw our data on the wall and come up with an idea that. Usually, I spend ten years refining something before I even talk about it, um, and and that was the case with everything um, that I've released. So let's go to David, and, and we also have Tom. So and I'll come back to Tom. So um, David, um, obviously, Paul was out of the UK, and Liam was out of Australia. We're going to David out of Belgium. So I know you know David, but David, you got an answer for you wanted to share with uh, Mati? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a great question, Mati, and. Um... Balance is, of course, key. Um, there are um, five areas in our educational system, the KSI way. For me personally, personal development is key. I think uh, for me personally, that is the most important, not to say that the others are less important. Um, they're all important, but I strongly believe that without a personal development, um, you're missing a lot. So you will go further. And I give you an example um, to grow. In the KSI way, sometimes you have to come out of the comfort zone. And for example, when I first uh, went to my first level three and four camp, that was really out of my comfort zone. But that's the only way to learn and um, the best way to learn. Um, maybe you have heard from the Kaizen principle. If not, that means that, um, yeah, good, good stuff. So you have heard from that. The That principle says that... Um, in order to, to, to grow, you can grow step by step. So that is also an answer to your question. Um, take it step by step. Just look for small improvements, but keep improving every day, every month, every year. And then the last thing that I want to share with you is have great goals. And there is currently a great uh, program running that Ian created about goal setting. Not sure if you're doing that, but that's really an amazing course. And that is... Um, that can be the foundation for uh, your future because you have to have clear goals in the first place. Oh, great, great. Th thank, thank you, Dave. Hey, welcome. We appreciate David. And uh, David has a lot of uh, similarities with yourself. David, is, you know, was one of the first people in Belgium to really step up. He's, uh, you know, the language challenge, cultural differences. Uh, you know, industry is a bit different in Belgium, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So. The beauty about what we do is it's truly international. And that's why we use the word in our business. Uh, and because I come from a multicultural background, we're very committed to ensuring that everybody in all cultures can get access and, and succeed. 
and our, our attraction of of um, truly a universal audience is is a reflection of that, and I embrace that. Um, I, I very very respectful and appreciate the diversity of culture and and making our systems work uh, in our approach to training uh, accessible and and successful in, in all cultures. So already on the call here today, the only country represented by two is uh, Liam and myself, allegedly Australians, but I'm not I'm not really an Australian and, and, and Liam's not really an Australian either, he's from New Zealand. But apart from that, we've got a truly diverse um, group here by, by not by coincidence, but by reflection of our truly um, universal nature. And we really do connect the world with our training approach. And I do that in respect also of the origins and, and some of the influences I said, a very strong European influence from my approach to training and I, I credit to to Bob extensively. Um, so it's no surprise that we have uh, an international audience. So David's um, been a great uh, comparison for you. You know, the industry in Belgium is very different than the American industry. Uh, and, you know, it's probably a bit different than Slovenia, but it's not too different you know, and, and it's European and that's always different um, than the Americans. And now we go to, to Tom. And Tom's got a great story, but Tom is from the heartland. He's from the, he's from the heartbeat of, of influence uh, in Los Angeles. So the two probably biggest influencing cities in the world would be uh, Los Angeles and um, New York from the American-centric uh, training perspective. Um, so, Tom, uh, you got an answer for Mateek because you've got a really great uh, journey story to share as well. Yeah. I think everyone has given uh, some really great advice. Uh, so some things that I might add is to repeat your studies. So when you do one thing, go apply it, test it out, and go back and do it again. So I go through, you know, the videos or something I was watching one the other day, and I know I've seen it. I see new things every time I watch it is what I'm getting at. And um, as you progress, you will understand things different. And also it's important to come up with your own conclusions because as Ian said, you don't even have to agree with him always in what he, even though it's in the book or whatever, he thinks you can decide that for you, you think this is one way. And that's one of the best things about the program is that we're encouraged to think for ourselves. And that's that's my two two points is to apply it Refine your questions and repeat it. Thanks, Tom. Good stuff. And, and Tom, you probably smile when I said uh, there are some coaches in some cultures that get pushback on our training methods. You, you know exactly what we're talking about, having uh, operating in, in Los Angeles. Yeah, there's, I mean, talk about trends, Matisse. I mean, <laughs> LA is probably the, center of a lot of silly trends i was talking with a someone who's going to be a new client this morning we were kind of laughing about some of those things i was like we're in la uh everybody wants to look trendy here so <laughs> definitely yes 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 it would be it would be um very unusual to find a facility open in la with a big with a floor space with with a pommel horse a mat um, you know, just six pieces of equipment like you'd see in a training facility in, in Europe, um, you know, 50 years ago. And you just, this is not going to happen. I mean, you know, Pilates only became popular a hundred years later when they worked out how to design a $20,000 machine. And, and you have to have this 20,000 for each, each client in the gym. So that you know, all of a sudden you can be taught Pilates. I mean, uh, tissue, tissue, um, Manipulation only became popular when they realized that they could take a $1 pool, pool foam, you know, the, the noodle out of the pool and sell it for 20 bucks or 10 bucks or whatever to the physical preparation industry. And, 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 you know, the people who are sprouting these products, I got an exact quote. It went something like, we, we didn't know about tissue manipulation before. And I said, well, that's bullshit. You didn't know about tissue manipulation before. Now you're only talking about it because you're selling it for somebody. Um, I can assure you that, you know, there are no shortage of sports coaches who are doing massages on their athletes, you know, a long, long time ago. They knew all about tissue manipulation, but anyway, I digress. So that's an opportunity to to um to talk with them. I think probably one of the last points for me is that one of the challenges we've got in education globally is that I really and, and if you have a look at my uh, vision statement that I made back in, in the late nineties, we want to make it uh, education accessible to everybody, which means we put it into your country through the internet. But at some point in time there are upsides coming together and it is uh, a bigger commitment. Obviously it's more expensive to travel, et cetera, et cetera, but it's a, it's a, it's a, 
quandary that I that I've deliberated extensively over the last you know two and a half decades of running this program as to how, how and when we get people to say, listen, to let go to the next step, you've got to actually travel. And I know it's tough because you know you're coming from Slovenia and and you're you're coming to to, to an event with us in America. It's a it's 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 a it's a not cheap. I know that. Um, you know, my first year of traveling to America, I did it twice, and I did it both on a credit card. 1989. You know, I, I couldn't afford to to travel to America twice, but I did it twice because there's all the value in it. And I've I've done that average every year in in, in the 35 years since. So, um, made the trip a few times. So, coaches, especially David, or coming from from Belgium, um, how do you deal with that? The expectation, or or is it just a just a, an absolute Opportunity that you you want to embrace, kind of having to travel to meet um, at the high, at the mid and high levels of the course of the coaching program. That's a great question, Ian. Um, but um, I remember the first time that I met you, um, and well, didn't know a lot about you, but I read the, I think I read the Get Buff book, and that was it. And I thought that was so powerful, so good that I wanted to. Well, as soon as I saw that you were doing uh, some seminars. I just wanted to go to that seminar, but there was no seminar in Belgium. The only options that I had was Austria, UK, and Ireland, and and I couldn't do the UK date, which was more practical for me. So I choose Ireland. So the the main thing is, um, why did I travel? Because there were no other options. I mean, it was either going to Ireland or nothing. So and I, like you said, Matisse, you choose the KSI way because. And I, I think you literally said, because I believe you. That That's what you said in like an hour ago. And exactly that. So um, because of everything that I read in, in, the, in the Get Both book, it just made a lot of sense. And I believed him because it was it, it was exactly what I had experienced. And, and that reminds me, by the way, um, of uh, the late Mike Pimentel, I think still one of the best, if not the best coach that was ever in this program. And when they asked him, why do you choose KSI? He just said, because it works. Anyway, so going to um, the US, why do I do that? Because it's just, well, there, there, he, there's, there's no other options. This is just the best way to learn. It, it is that or, not, or nothing. And believe me, I've been in the US several times now. It is a phenomenal experience, the best. So yeah, it's it's either you do that, it's um, either you do that or you don't, but then you miss a lot of stuff. So it's just it's a no-brainer. You appreciate, David. So I just wanted to share that the, the challenge that a coach coming through our systems will face, and that at some point in time there is an expectation to come to a destination event, um, and and for very specific reasons. I think David's alluded to it that they're pretty powerful experiences. In fact. Uh, a number of the people on this call here um, will be getting very together very shortly um, for another one of the experiences. If you look at Dave, uh, sorry, Tom's screenshot, uh, Tom, you want, to, you want to talk? So with the, the camera comes back on you. Yeah, you can um, you can also pin me if you want, which is to go on the three dots. But I can. This was. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, I'm opinion. Uh, yep. This was in Park City. So every time I see these pictures, it just just reminds me of the value that these coaches got from those experiences because they are phenomenal experiences. And and, and the only question in my mind is which year was that? You know, as in we've done a few of them. Um, and which location was that? Because often we're end up in beautiful places, whether it's snowing, whether it's raining, whether the sun's shining with blue sky, it's always beautiful. Uh, and every shot they take in the outdoors, and we are in the outdoors as much as we're in the indoors. Is a beautiful shot that re reminds us of um, the learning experiences they they got from that moment. And there's, there's people playing sport all around the world, so we're able to to hook into that and give our coaches coaching experiences. Um... Okay, so we're spending. I'll take uh, Tom off. Yeah, do Unpin, unpin, unpin. Move pin. Thanks, Tom. Um, has it come back to me? Has it, has it, has it, yeah, has it. All right, so we're, we're, we're going to wrap. Uh, we appreciate your and uh, the 
from you. Uh, as soon as I see something, I like to learn from them uh, because it's, it helps me relate to people in your country if I can learn from you. I've had the opportunity of working with athletes in, in so many different countries and that cultural experience is really valuable because people want to talk to them about the uh, situation they are in. And uh, I've not got a lot of background in Slovenia, so I appreciate our time together today. Any other final questions, comments? Um, Matik, any better questions before we wrap? Well, uh, thank you for the talk. Um, so I don't have any more questions. <laughs> Thank you for the answers and um, I'll see you in America.